Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Um, this is going to be a shorter episode called uh, To the Point. We talk about some uh, things that have just come across our mind and uh, just want to get our uh, just thoughts out to you guys and maybe you'll take something from it or maybe you guys have some uh, information for us on how to solve these issues. So, Well, some of the things that I've been talking about that I kind of made notes this week were the difference between a, a leader and a boss. You know, I'm sure everyone's had that person in a position of authority who's just that, right? An authoritarian. They're not really present at all. But I also hope that you've had the opportunity to have a leader that's present, listens, takes your actions or takes actions on your thoughts and feelings. And, you know, whenever you have the opportunity to, to be led by someone, whether they're doing a good job or a bad job in your mind, you just have to remember those good things and bad things. Should you ever find yourself in a position of leadership, whether that is in your business or in your family, in your community or any other place that you are stepping up to have any of that leadership role, you know, just remember most people leave their managers, not their jobs. Money is really not, I think, a big factor. And that was one thing I was actually reading an article on that there's really not really a labor shortage. It's just a shortage of people that like don't want to work under the conditions that, say, McDonald's and Spangles and all those offer. They want more benefits. They want I've better leadership. Of, some people say that, oh, the, the bosses are calling their slaves back to work. They feel like they're not treated the way they should be treated and that maybe some managers and bosses need to step their game up and take care of their employees a little better. Yeah, I think that uh, it's definitely loud and clear right now, for sure. I mean, look around everywhere and you can see. I don't think it's a shortage of people who are willing to work because I think that's easy for people just to say, eh, nobody wants to work. But the flip side of the coin is I think that I, I know that I would definitely work somewhere for a little bit less money if the benefits were good, but also the leadership was great. I mean, I can tell you that I've had some phenomenal leaders and during that time, I never had those times where I felt like I didn't belong or I didn't want to be there just because I had leaders that stepped up at that time. But there have been times that I didn't have a leader and I was making okay money, yep. but I just didn't want to be there. I didn't want to go to work. I've had those. That was all my last job. I stressed out all the time, bringing it home with me, drinking a lot. This one, I don't bring it home with me at all. I mean, it's been a uh, been a complete 180, you know, having a good boss who listens and takes my advice and this and that. And that, that really goes a long way in business. Yeah, and you're talking about Josh, right, Josh Hood? Yeah. So, like, what are some things that you really like about him? Um, you know, he's always upfront and honest, and um, he talks about, I mean, we have open conversation all the time, open dialogue about things I can do better, things he can do better, um, like things that, um, like getting benefits for, like, cause we're a small startup company, so we don't have a lot of benefits, like what kind of benefits we want, like what we expect from him, this and that, you know, he's, I mean, he's learning just as we are, um, in this deal. And so he's always trying to take advice from his managers, essentially his foreman. Cool. So I, the next thing I had a note on was that basically newer generations see work as just that. It's a job. I show up, I do my eight hours, I check the boxes and I get paid. I know that there, that there are times that even I'm that way at work where my colleagues who are older than me that have 20 plus years on the job, they show up like 30 plus minutes for work. And that's just not my MO. That's not how I do things. Like I'm usually there about five minutes beforehand. 
So it's, that's, that's me too. Five minutes before work, I'm there or right at seven o'clock. Yeah. Well, and kind of what I wanted to get on that is it's, it's basically a generational thing. You kind of have to embrace it and just learn to work with it because it's not something that you're going to be able to like fix. Yeah. You're not going to be able to just thou shalt and boom, change it because at the end of the day, their department of labor does have standards. If they're scheduled from let's say 7am to 3pm, if they're at six they're on time. Now, from a leadership standpoint or from a, like a doing better, you know, people usually stay, say be 15 minutes early, that kind of thing. Yeah. But from a purely legalistic standpoint, they're on time for work and they're there and they're present. I, I just wanted to say, you know, especially in like some small businesses, you actually have a place for that. Somebody that you need to come to work eight hours, check the boxes and go home. Because let's face it, you can't, even in your guys's line of work, you can't be expected to raise the hemp, cut the hemp, take it to the processors and do every single facet of the business 24 seven. So you have a place for that person that comes in, works your retail shop, checks the boxes. You need that person, right? Yep. Without that, without that, you you wouldn't have the business model you have, right? That's correct. So there, there is a place for that to, to realize it, embrace it and use it to your advantage. And it's up to us to set the standard to which, those employees function, you know, whether like taking out the trash or making sales calls or how we want them to try to sell to our customers, this and that, you know, it's up, up to us to set those standards and line them out for them to be able to succeed in that position. Yeah. And that was kind of a great segue into like the next point I had, which was, <clears throat> You know what the eyes see, the ears hear, the mind believes. So if you do have those employees that maybe aren't necessarily meeting your expectations, you know, if, if are you constantly pointing out the things that they're doing wrong, or are there times that you're saying like, "Hey, good job on this, good job on that," and then also setting those expectations? It's your job to see that the problem employee succeeds to the best of your ability, but also having a cutoff point and knowing when to cut your losses. Because let's face it, if if the person is not meeting your expectations, it is eventually time to find someone. But I usually find, at least in my line of work, because we my line of work is so stressful that if an officer is having problems on the job, it's usually because of some outside factor from work. Or, you know, some yep. some type of home life. Not always. I mean I'm not saying that there's like that's one hundred percent of the time. But typically once they figure those things out at home or in finances or whatever it is, when they come to work, you know, they're a lot more squared away. So as a leader and not a boss, it's your job to help find what those are and then help them fix it. Solve those issues. Yep. And it's the same way in construction. You know, I know one of our guys has been having some issues at home with different things. And you could tell, like, by the way he works during the day that he's having issues, this and that. And you can tell the days. I mean, he has good days and bad days. You know, there was one day where, like, I was on the phone a lot because of, well, talking to Josh, talking to um, different people on sales calls, this and that. And, like, he stepped up and filled in for me a little bit even, you know, on some, like, installing a toilet, this and that. And um, later that week, I felt like I had to crack the whip to just get him to do a basic little task. I don't know. It's just one of those deals where, I mean, you've really got to learn like the personality of your guys and you've got to be able to manage each one differently it's it's the same thing in parenting kids you know i've got three kids if you try to raise each kid the same way 
and try to expect that they're going to respond to stimulus the same way you're beating your head against the wall. I think it's the same thing when you're in a leadership position and you're managing a company, trying to you know have a cookie cutter approach to every employee is not going to work. Mm-mm. Everybody's going to respond different ways. They're going to respond to different things. Like some, some employees respond well to like, Hey, you did a good job. Others respond well to like money incentives. Okay, cool. You, you meet this expectation. Here's much, how much money you get. And it's just identifying those things and bringing those to the forefront. Some people respond good to an ass chewing. You know, like <laughs> yeah. if I... That would be me. If I deserve an ass chewing, give me an ass chewing. You know, like I'm... And I can promise I'm not going to let you down again in that way ever again. I can promise that <laughs> for sure. So that mean, brings to the next point of setting expectations. And, you know, let those that you are leading know what you expect and be present, not just send an email, check these boxes, and then you never see the employee again. Be there, be present, talk to them. That also lets you know that that them subconsciously that you're watching them, right? That they're going to be there, that you're going to be there. I mean, if you don't set that expectation and you don't follow that expectation yourself, what makes you think that... Well, there's no reason for them to think, oh, he doesn't do this, so why should I have to do it, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think also being present gives you the time to not only be with them and get to know them and maybe even hear some of those stories of like, hey, I'm struggling at home, here's what I've got going on. But it also gives you the opportunity to sometimes be with your customers and give you a little bit of that boots on the ground perspective from, especially in small business, to be able to make some decisions. And I mean, that's a big, boots on the ground is a big deal, especially in small business, because building those relationships with customers is huge because you build those relationships with people and they're gonna be like hey these guys best customer service around you know like and they're gonna send their friends in and i mean word of mouth is the best marketing for small business yeah especially in a small town like hutch or sterling or nickerson you know and then so the the biggest point here so we're we're kind of tying all of this together so you are present you've set expectations you have helped the employee you have done all this other kind of stuff if there is a time that you have to discipline you discipline in private but praise in public so if you have the opportunity to give your employee praise definitely do that in a meeting or in front of even in front of customers like when they do a good job like let them know that and give them that positive reinforcement when the time's there but if they don't do something wrong definitely handle that but handle it behind closed doors with that person you know they do have some privacy expectations even under law when it comes to discipline so that was one thing that really threw me off when i started working for josh because my previous job you never got praise never i mean you did your job and you went home and came back the next day and you never knew. You could be working in the shop and just, bam, ass chewed. No reason. Yeah. <laughs> wrong place at the wrong time. That doesn't happen anymore, you know. Like, he he does, I mean, he praises us all the time, you know. I mean, you can do that too much because then, I don't know, you don't necessarily, like, your expectations, like, change because you're expecting to be praised and this and that, well, it's, you know. It's a dichotomy like anything else that you have in management or leadership. It's, it's just like Jocko talks in his book, Dichotomy of Leadership, which I personally feel... My personal belief is you should read dichotomy first and then extreme ownership. It's it's not black and white. It's just like anything else. Like there are times to praise, there are times to not. There, you know, if you do too much of it, that's not a good thing. But if you do too little of it, it's not a good thing. Everybody's like, oh, he's a micromanager. There are times to micromanage. Like, there are times that that's a good thing. We have to micromanage when guys first start with us and they don't have experience. I mean, you've got to hover over those people because I mean they could get hurt. 
they could, I mean, if we're framing, you know, they could mess up bad enough to where, where later on down the road when we're trimming something out or doing drywall, you know, like it really messes things up. And so you've got to be a micromanager up to a certain point. And then once you know they've got a good handle on it, you can kind of step back and let them take care of that situation on their own then. Yeah. And then once they are experienced and they are set up you and you've set them up for success, more of a macro approach is actually a good thing. Yep. My, and if they learn, go into learning something new, maybe moving back into a little bit more of a micromanaging type. So it's it's the dichotomy. It's the back and forth. It's the balance. Yeah. I try to train my guys to take my job. Yeah, which good philosophy. I don't know. You, you should do that because don't be intimidated by them taking your job. That just opens you up to more growth in your career and going up the ladder. If they can do your job, then you can work on big picture things, essentially. So that's, I mean, that's one of my biggest things is like train them to take your job. I think a lot of people are scared by that. People are scared of, I'm going to lose some type of a control. But I think the human condition allows you to, you're going to foster those relationships with those people. And at the end of the day, if you're being genuine and you're doing that kind of stuff and you're doing the things you're supposed to be doing, you're going to set yourself up for success in the end. Yeah. I mean, like even (laughs) someone new comes on board, you know, like, a lot of people get intimidated. You know, I don't let that intimidate me. I'm going to let that person like make me better. I'm yeah. going to learn from them, good and bad, and figure out ways to make my life better, my work better, my leadership better, you know, and then just try and grow the company from there. Through all of this, we've kind of had a, a key component here and just the fact that like communication is king, right? Mm hmm. So in order to do that, like you have to have meetings on those kind of things. So that brings me to the next point that I had written down, which there there was an article about meetings in Forbes from November of 2019 that basically showed that 50% of people felt that meetings were a waste of time. But at the end of the day, we've already here established that communication is king and that it's a valuable asset. So how do we make sure that we're communicating? So we're communicating effectively through meetings is kind of what I'm getting at. So if you can do, if you can't, if it, basically, if, if the problem can be handled in an email, do it in email. Yep. But if it can't, here are some tips to kind of live by when it comes to meetings. Establish a time limit. First of all, don't take 14 hours to discuss two points. Set a time limit on the meeting. Create an agenda for that meeting. Don't drink beer at the meeting until it's <laughs> over. I'll put that out there. Uh, yeah, well, you know. He's still looking for that Keystone Life sponsorship. Anybody <laughs> that's listening that hasn't in there. But email out that agenda. And then that way people that maybe need to talk about it, like let's say that there's a point that we need to, that I have on the agenda that I want you to talk about. If I send you the agenda, you're like, okay, this is what I have to prepare for. This is what I have to be ready for. And you're ready to be able to present or answer questions that might be brought up in that meeting. So email that agenda out, stick to the agenda and the time. If something new comes up that doesn't have to be handled immediately, jot it down add it to the list and do it at the next meeting. So just to kind of wrap up what we talked about, are you are you leading or are you being a boss? Make sure that you know the distinction between the two and I hope that you are being a leader, not a boss. The new generations and how they see their job, it's just eight hours, it's checking a box and they have a place in most most markets, there's a place for them. Uh, what the eyes see, the ears hear, the mind believes. Remember how you're handling people, setting expectations and letting people, you know, your employees know that what is expected of them and disciplining in private, not in public and praising in public, excuse me. And then basically how to handle ourselves with meetings by establishing a time limit and setting an agenda and not wasting people's time. Yep. One of the biggest things that I've seen can be like 
um, like an owner or a boss or someone like favoring certain employees and like becoming too close of friends. And then that kind of clouds your judgment when it comes to that person, you know, that could really stunt the growth of a company or like a branch or store, that kind of thing. And I mean, that's a big thing to be able to take a step back and say, hey, this guy is my friend, but he's also, I need to have a tough conversation with him. Yeah. Which takes a lot. It's, I mean, it's just, it's just good business to be able to have those conversations, especially when you're trying to be profitable and you're trying to be competitive. You know, if you are constantly trying to make other people happy within the company, you're not going to make your customer happy. Yep. I mean, sometimes as a boss, you got to be an asshole. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So. There, there is a time and place. It's, it's not very often, but when the time presents itself, it's kind of like in the academy, they taught us if you're going to use force, you're actually going to use force on someone then do so decisively use it and only the amount that you need to get done what you need to get done but once it's done it's done it's finished you put the handcuffs on them you stand them up brush them off and take care of them from there because they're in your custody at that point it's the same thing of if if you're going to be an asshole do so decisively and make sure that you are ready you're prepared you know what you want to say you know what your expectation is and handle the issue and then after that it's done if if the person solves the issue it's done it's finished it's done. Yep. So that uh, brings us up on time. Thanks for taking the time to join us on uh, this episode of To The Point. I hope we've gotten to the point, maybe answered some questions. If there's anything you want to add in, check us out on Instagram at The Higher Points Podcast. Same thing on Facebook, The Higher Points Podcast, or our website, www.thehigherpoints.com. We'll catch up with you guys next time. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>